gosh. It is take 73. I think it's 73. Take 73, TBC. You can you can speak right now real quick in the intro. Confirming take 73. Yes, sir. We are take 73. It is take 73. We are here. It is the second round of our IMDb 250 challenge that we've been doing. We will be highlighting movies 240 through 231 on the IMDb 250 list. And then we will give you a re-rank of 250 to 231 that we've seen. And that is honestly going to round out the take. We want to focus and give the best time that we can to each one of these movies that we saw this month, because there were some hidden bangers in there. And um, also some that were not bangers at all and really, really rough to watch. And we'll talk more about those. It is your boy, the sweet keeks. And who we got? Wow. Just in time for March madness round two, IMDb two fifty. man. We are just biting into the elephant. It is slowly, but it is, it is surely. I like I I wouldn't even call it an it's like a whale at this point I I can't it's so you know, much. elephant whale the whole herd the whole, all the mammals in the ocean <laughs> what is a what is a, a group of of whales is it a is it a is it a herd what is it I know it's weird I know it's a weird name hold on I'm googling it right now um an uh, wait oh a pod stop stop <laughs> out. <laughs> It's no called a pot. Wow. Oh, if that's if not, that's not just, a, if that's just not serendipity, I don't know no. what is. Sea World sponsor us. Actually, don't. People have beef. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah, we're at the, probably an anti sea. Who goes to Sea World? Who would pay money? To I go went to once and I was underwhelmed. I'm not gonna lie. They had a great. What they is had there a great to do? They put on shows with for the animals and whatnot, and all the mm, count yeah. me out. I'm at. I've been to Disneyland 15 times, and I'll go another 15. Oh my more. gosh, 15! I love Disneyland. How can you not love Disney? The food, um, I guess the rides, but the food. Uh, give me a okay. churro. Here's my here's my Almost here's any my day Disneyland of the week. rant. It's okay, for the kids. For I went. Geez, back in 2018 December, and my two nieces were there. My four nieces actually, and they had a ball. Like it was, it was Got cute it. to see them get excited, seeing Mickey, Minnie, and all the other Disney characters. But me, at the time, being what 25, 26, I I wrote. I, I did Space Mountain. I got off and I nearly puked. I'm like, holy crap. I got rocked. <laughs> just, that's just a, you know, but I yeah. will say that I think the decorations okay. that they do for Disneyland are really, they, they go all out. Like that is cool. And the shows they put on are great. And it's fun going with the family, but it's for the kids. And like as an adult, if somebody wants to go somewhere, I'm like, Hey, let's plan a golf trip or, you know, <laughs> like that's what I want to do or let's go. And I'm the, let's dude. go do something. So Yeah. It's my my official take on Disneyland is this. If you go doesn't matter how old you are. Okay. I love Disneyland. But I think it also it also goes with the fact that I've been going to Disneyland since I was like eight years old. So like that magic is kind of like instilled in you. It's like the Goonies. Anyone that watches the Goonies most of the time after the age of like twenty, they don't get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. But like, you know, we, we freaking watched it when we were like nine and grew up with it. So yeah, it's I understand different. that. No, there's things I like about Disneyland, but Disney World is better. Universal Studios, absolute blast. So that's my hot Just, take. I think we agree. As long as we don't have to go to prom and Spider-Man Homecoming mm. and have to be friends with that Peter Pike Parker mm. and Ned, yeah. I'll go to Disneyland 10 out of 10 times. I'll even go on a golfing trip with you. That'd be a blast. Care. I'm ready. Um, okay. Well. Love it. Let's dive in. I am DB. I can't, I can't believe. I'm just thinking about the the whale, the group of whale in the pods thing. That's so. Oh, how perfect! You, know, you learn is something that? new every day. You and really I'm, do. I'm, Are we going in? Are we diving I mean, in right now? I'm just glad that you're feeling in. better. You were rocked. Was it two days? Oh gosh, yeah, for two days this week, which kind of end up being perfect because I freaking pumped out a bunch of these movies that I was not excited to see. Not excited. But here we are mm-hmm. yet again. We're going to start at number 10. I got PC, it. What's number 10 okay, on the number list here? Number 10 is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And this movie is a blast. Hey, who directed it? When it did it is come a out? Blast. Oh, a yeah, I'll give him a background. Okay. Yeah, you okay, know, okay. I got you. 
think I, I think I jumped You're the gun. The gun. So this Please stars me. Paul All Newman, right. All right. and Robert Redford, directed by George Roy Hill. Okay, and it was released in 1969. Um, oh, yeah. great! So year. basically, all it is is it's about Butch Cassidy, played by Paul Newman, and they rob trains. And anyways, a bad robbery of a train goes away. Uh, the Sundance Kid is known for being like the best. She's um, what gunslinger in all the land. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'd oh, say yeah. gunslinger. That's and a good so anything, things it. go south when they're robbing a train and then they're just basically on the run and they relocate. Um, they go to Columbia. Is it Columbia? Bolivia. Bolivia. Yep. Bolivia. So this yeah. movie is a blast. It's a classic. I think it should definitely be higher up. Oh, this should be in the top 100. Yeah. Oh, least. yeah. I agree. So the same director that did Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, did The Sting. And that is one of my favorite favorite movies of all time like i can't wait to get this thing i watched that like just over a year ago had a blast with it yeah i was gonna say that was pretty recent like that is such a fun movie so paul newman robert redford also star in the sting but butch cassidy and the sundance kid is awesome they took a lot from butch cassidy the sundance kid to the video game called red dead redemption red dead redemption 2 oh i didn't know that so Shout out Mark for love that sweet shout movie out Mark morsel for the plug and the movie morsel and watching and I played Red Dead Redemption two last okay. year and then watching the movie I can see a lot of the similarities between like oh, yeah, Arthur sir. Morgan who's in Red Dead Redemption two so uh, I love Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid what uh, was it sweet sour spoiled geeks definitely sweet I had a blast watching this movie and it was it's actually been one of my mom's favorites for a while I remember growing up her talking a lot about it but. For some reason, we never watched it, which I can kind of see why. I think maybe even up into the age of like 16, I don't know how much I would have enjoyed it. But Paul Newman, Robert Redford's Mm -hmm. chemistry is dynamite. The locations are awesome. The one thing that did kind of throw me off a little bit, I didn't take off any points, but it's in Bolivia. You know, they're supposed to be in Bolivia and... (laughs) It's it's pretty clear that a lot of the Latinos in there aren't Bolivian because they don't have like that kind of dialect. It didn't take me out of it, but it's just something that I noticed. I'm just going to be one of those poopy pants boys. Other than that, uh, I absolutely loved it. I think it is a A for me. Super sweet. What did you think? I, I think it's the same spoiled. thing. Sweet. I'm going to give it an A. I love the chemistry with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Um, the only thing that was a little bit like serendipitous, as you kind of said, is um, who is it? The Sundance's kids, like it was his wife or something like that. They almost have like a love. They have like oh, a yeah, love yeah. triangle, which is kind of weird. I didn't think it was a love triangle. I just thought that it was uh, Sundance and the woman. I forget her yeah. name too. I never, I never found, I never took it to be a love triangle. Yeah, well, it kind of, kind of came across as that. But no, I, I think. Could Everything be, else right? is great. Like I love love this film. It was a really fun watch. And if you like westerns, and it's based on a true story, kind of, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And actually, that's why the ending's really famous of them just like running out while basically the freaking Bolivian Armada yeah. is there to take out two yeah. men. And a lot of the legend is that they actually survived it, and they just kind of slowly lived out their life hmm. in Bolivia. And some people think yeah, they, they died in the shootout. No one really so knows. Yeah, what, that's why it ends kind of yeah, ambiguous. I like, I like the ending. I do like the ending. So one for four Oscars. Loved it. Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. Watch Sheesh. it, folks. If you have not seen it, dynamite. Classic. Absolute dynamite. We've got another classic up Ooh. that came in at number 239. It is I'll be back. Terminator. The Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger, baby. Linda Hamilton. Jimmy Cameron himself. All in this dynamite movie that came out and 1984 is the story about a cyborg despised as a human comes back from the year 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor and to protect Sarah the resistance sends back Kyle Reese they have a great little relationship and then she ends up getting tracked down by the cyborg and it's like a it's kind of a horror thriller action movie and the whole entire movie holds up still. James Cameron, say what you want about him, about Avatar, about Titanic. Maybe you think he's a little overrated. His movies are dynamite. I think Terminator, one of the best horror thrillers that you can watch, one of the best, most entertaining action movies, and the best start to a franchise. Um, 
I can't even really say much bad about this movie. The the effects, I guess, seem a little dated, but even then, it still feels like there's this very real raw press, like presence chasing after these two people. And it's really interesting to see Sarah Connor grow from like this young woman who's got a lot of responsibilities into kind of like the strong, uh, you know, the strong woman who's going to who kind of comes to grip with her destiny and how she's able to protect her family. I like it a lot. I think the Terminator is maybe like a half a step down, if that, to Terminator 2. But Yeah, I feel like they're two really different movies. And they're both great. I think the Terminator should be definitely higher on this list. Like this is this is a top this is a top 150 movie, if not top one hundred. because it it it, it started the ball rolling for Terminator 2, which is arguably the greatest sequel of all time and i love that you got you went through the archives and found <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't even fight you oh, on that man. that it's best sequel no really of all time. um but i think the terminator is great it just set up a great story it was something new when was it released again 1980 1984 yeah i think the effects are the effects still crazy. hold up i mean sure it's not like what they are today but it's fine like this is a movie like i'll definitely like show my kids grandkids even like my dog <laughs> so <laughs> i'm giving a little dog right here she always keeps me company during the pod and you love the terminator don't you little She's and it's nodding. tense like she t- said yes oh, she just good. barked yes the terminator's tense too like it really has a lot of good suspense so i'm giving the terminator i'm gonna give it an a plus and oh. it's very sweet i am giving the terminator an a you know i'm gonna give it an yeah, a plus as well if I'm going to be really honest with you, I, I can't think of anything. There's no reason, and it's very sweet. You can watch it on Hulu as well if you want to stream it. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, as a side note, it's not streaming anywhere. I had to buy to watch it. But The Terminator, it's just for the time, and especially the last act, that tension that keeps up is it's just you're being pursued by this presence that basically can't be stopped is, oh, anxiety inducing and i love every minute of it super sweet the terminator if you have not seen it you need to see it what do we got at number 238 number my friend? 238 we have the help and this is starring ah, yes. the emma stone viola davis octavia spencer who is also who won the best supporting actress um in a supporting role yeah, that's right for yeah. an oscar uh this movie was released mm-hmm. i think did i say that already 2011 well, we're, we're, we're repeating if I did. We're, yeah, we're, going, we're going over it again. Um, yeah, so basically Emma Stone is the main lead in this, and she is an aspiring author uh, during this kind of the civil rights movements during the 1960s. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And she decides to kind of write a book about, um, you know, the African-Americans maids, uh, their view of being a maid in a household, you know, of white families. And what I really liked this about this film, I thought the acting was great, but I had a good message that even though uh, you may have like not a really strong relationship with your mom or dad, or maybe they're going through a lot and they can't be there for you, there are other figures in your life that can you know have a parent type of figure and that can help raise you for who you yeah. are, whether it's a teacher, um, someone at church. Um, a neighbor, whatever it is, like there's a lot of people that can honestly be like a father, mother figure to you. And you can definitely see the affection that um, Emma Stone's character, her name's Skeeter, um, had for her maid growing up. It's, I think the biggest, I think this movie on the list, I don't want to say that it's the one that's aged the worst, but um, I do like certain aspects of the movie. I just wish that Oh gosh, and I don't even feel like I don't feel like the I don't feel like the African American people in the in the movie take a back seat, but it's very much of hi, I'm Emma Stone, and I'm going to help teach all of you on how to like love everyone. Yeah. It's like I wish we could have gotten more of an effect from you know the other women involved. Uh, but at at the end of the day, I do think it's I think it's well acted. I like a, I like a lot of the sequences in it. It's pretty funny. There's a sequence where she bakes the poop to the pie for um, one of the ladies that uh, that they work for. And that's pretty funny. And then there are also some really like heart wrenching moments that everyone can um, 
can, I don't even know if associate with, but you've got the woman who loses her child and they kind of have to help console her. So it does give this sense of everyone should come together and everyone can come together when help is needed most to band together and bring comfort. So I, I think the movie is about a B, B plus range. I think it's still sweet. I mean, I think most people enjoy it. I still enjoy it. By no means am I knocking it at all. It's just, those are some of my gripes overall. I think it's an enjoyable yeah. movie. Yeah. And it's I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a sweet as well. I thought some of the dialogue was, was a little cringy on some of the actors parts. It's like, man, was that really how it was? You know what I mean? With some of the things yeah. that were said. Oh, so yeah. I think that was probably exaggerated and maybe it was like on point. So overall I did yeah, like sure. this story and I did, that's what I got from it was the message like, Hey, you know, there can be a lot of father and mother figures, what, whatever background they come from, whatever color they are, like they can still love you. And I love the, you is smart. You is kind little quote there. You was important. You was important. So yeah, I think the help is, it's a good one. It's a good watch. I'll give it a B. Yeah. I like Viola. Viola Davis yeah, is in this, she is. right? She's Al yeah. Abelene. Right. I really like her character in it, too. Yeah. She was and, Okay. Yeah. What's overall? What are we saying? Yeah. Good watch. We're on to the next one. This next one. Oh, my gosh. It's just. It is. Let's see. 243937. It is an absolute, the slog of all slogs. It is an Indian movie called The Gangs of Wasipur, directed by, you know what the most crazy thing about some of these movies is? Is it's like, when you're in the big leagues of soccer, you only have like one sponsor on your jersey. But as you go down further into the like the depths of each league, you've got pe- teams with like four different sponsors on their shorts and like six different sponsors on their shirts because they need the money to come in. That's what this movie is. There's like eight or nine production credits on it before the movie even starts. And the Gang of Wasapur is directed by Anurag Kashyap, which I thought sounded like Cash App, so it kind of made me laugh a little bit. Come sponsor um, us. Come Kimiko sponsor us. Kamiko.adcock. Yeah, actually, as a little side note, if you click on the description of the pod and you swipe up, there is an opportunity. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, help us be able to make better content for you guys, you can donate to the pod. Just as a side thing. Don't have to do it. If you want to do it, go for you know, it. Acts of service. Um, it's a love language. One of my love languages. <laughs> Definitely yeah. one of mine. And yeah, I that's all I'm gonna say. Please help how about the pod? <laughs> Anyways, um the gangs of Wasapur, it's a pretty interesting story. It's based on a true story of these groups of gangs that live in this small village in India called Wasapur in the Dangar region. And it goes from the beginning of when it's when these gangs started to form in the 1940s up until more or less present day goes through the different generations of these warring gangs. It's essentially Goodfellas, but India's version of Goodfellas, or like the Godfather almost. And I mean, I'm going to come out here and say it. I watched part one, and I, I had a decent time. There's two parts of this movie. This movie is five and a half, six hours long. There's just no reason that anyone should have to sit down and watch all six hours of this. So I read the synopsis for part two. It's basically the same as part one. Um, Enjoyable. I I gave it a C. It's it's spoiled just based on the fact that it's not horrible by any reason, but I just can't give any legitimate reason why someone's like, yeah, go check it out. You can watch better versions of the movie that are half as long. Go watch yep. The Godfather. Go watch The Godfather Part 2 and you get yeah. the whole thing. And, you know, that's that's like, you know, in their region. This is Bollywood. This is their this is yeah. their Goodfellas Godfather, which which is fine. Like, you know, they need something of and, their own. Like, kind of like Infernal Affairs, um, you know, for, what was it, China? Yeah. Yeah, for China. Yeah, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. So... And there's so many different, you know, it is it is an interesting story. And even till today, Wasapur is one of those areas in India that is still super dangerous. People in the area don't really talk about the warring factions. It's actually between one Muslim group of the Sunnis, but there's a little subgroup inside called the Qureshis that are like the, they bring a lot of the trouble. And so the Sunnis kind of have to get back involved and 
the movie is pretty cool to watch. Like, there's some pretty crazy. It's not like any other Indian movie that you'll ever see. So if you do have interest in wanting to buy it and watch it, go for it. But no, nah, it, it's it's all right. It's, it's there. There are better options that you yeah, can go watch. No, I agree. I uh, got to the first part as well. And that was it. I checked out. But, you know, overall, <laughs> I would probably give like a C minus. Yeah. And it's just a daunting movie being like, holy crap, it's five hours. It's something new. And there are some Bollywood movies I like, which we will get to here soon. Yes, we will get but, to uh, it. Yeah, it's it's kind of their Goodfellas, which I think, you know, good for them. Good on them. And at least there's a yeah. part one, part two, and to kind of break it up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a spoil just because True. it's different. And it might not be. It's an acquired taste. Uh, oh, yeah. That's more so for sour acquired taste, but spoiled. Some people like spoiled things, so why not? But anyways, <laughs> okay, okay. we'll we'll, get, yeah. we'll accept are it. We, are we ready for the? All right, let's get this next, this next one. one. This I'm one's so blast. ready, dude. I can't wait. Okay, this about is this. Lagoon. It is. Did I pronounce that right? Lagan. Lagan. I think Lagan. it's Lagan. It's Lagan. Yeah, it's two. It's two A's. That's how they say it in the movie. Um, Lagan. Once upon a time in India. This is the director of Ash Ashutosh. Go worker. There we go. Spelling B. I think so. That's that's. <laughs> and this movie came out in two thousand one, and this runtime is three hours and forty four minutes. Now, that seems like a very long time, and there's it's long, but it just I thought the acting, the directing was great, and the story was sweet. Like I like these stories that have something on the line, and it's like a band of people coming together, and basically, um, this people in this village, um challenge the british sorry excuse me are taxing this village and the british challenge them hey to a cricket game if you beat us then no the, the indian people challenge them oh they okay okay sorry yeah uh, the indian people challenge them and say okay if we beat you in a game of cricket which they don't know how to play then the british will take gotcha. away the tax yep so that was the the story and i thought the ending was great with uh what happens there with uh, and, and it's cricket. I don't even know much about cricket. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yes, yeah. You can go into what um, happens. I don't want to give it away. Yeah, no, I don't actually, don't. No, no, no. I don't want to give it away. It is on Netflix. So that's where I watched it. I assume that's probably where you watched it too. I hope you didn't pay to nah, watch it. Netflix, baby. Okay, perfect. You already technically do pay to yeah. watch it. But what what I love so much about this is you've got every fun aspect of Bollywood movies in there. You've got a bunch of different like musicals, like musical like dance sequences in it. And then you've got this like ragtag seven samurai type vibe. But for learning how to play cricket, you've got the leader. Then you've got like the crazy dude. And there's even there's even commentary on the caste system in India. They have a cripple who is one of their bowlers and he's actually one of their best bowlers because his hand is, is crippled. So when he throws it, the ball ricochets in a different way that the Brits aren't used to bolt are hitting against. So you got all these different people who come together to make a great team. And it just is a fun story about unity and different people from different walks of life coming together to beat a common goal, which in this case we totally agree with 1776, baby 4th mm-hmm. of July, the British, we're not an anti-Britain pod. I love Love Island, but it is a fun. It is a, it is fun to see people come against a common enemy, even though England yeah. not really an enemy. And sweet Bouvon, dude, what a guy! Oh, what a guy! Uh, and you also have kind of the little love connections, which I thought was a little weird. Probably the weirdest aspect of the movie is one of the British ladies is like in love with Bouvon um who's the main indian man part of the village and i i didn't really get that i didn't really get where how that came to be but they really tried to force it onto you that's probably um one of my biggest complaints about the movie you know there's always got to be a little little romance in there but sweet sour spoiled geeks Definitely sweet um i actually give the movie a b plus okay i'm going sweet i'm gonna give it a b I thought uh, the ending was definitely the best part of the film. I thought they had good, pretty good character development throughout. Uh, and yeah, I thought this was a fun Bollywood sports movie, especially with cricket. Like, that's awesome. Like, I don't really know much about cricket, but I learned some new things. You can't cross the line. Yep. You got to stay in the boundaries. 
And uh, you can't catch the ball in certain yep. areas. So, And that's about all I learned. I don't really understand it much just more Just start that. up a cricket league ASAP. I actually kind of would be interested. I think the I think the bat is really hard to hit because it has like it's like really wide, so it's kind of um, wind whatever. It's like hard to hit in the wind or something yeah. like that. Um, okay, well I'm moving on because I know you love this next one. But Lagan, Lagan was a fun watch. Oh. It was different. It was. I I really liked it. This next one. This is sacred. This is sacred. Oh, ground. is my baby. This is at coming in at number 230, is this 235? 235? 235, yeah, that is it. We got Akira, directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, who is also the writer of the manga, which Akira is a really interesting movie in and of itself because it's part the beginning of the manga and the end. And Katsuhiro Otomo finished the movie, and then when he was able to finish the movie, was able to then complete the manga. So they're both kind of one intertwining medium, in a sense. There's a really, really great uh, video essay about Akira, and it is from, I have to remember real quick, because I've watched it, I watch it like about once a year, Super Eyepatch Wolf. The video is called The Impact of Akira, the film that changed everything. And it goes in on to how Akira was made, how many frames per second the um, the movie was animated in. I believe it was either 18 or 24. And your standard was like 8 to 12. So it was about twice as many frames and drawings per second, which what really brings this Neo-Tokyo setting to life it's uh, basically you've got this biker gang that rules around in neo tokyo after a devastating disaster and one of the members of the gang who's kind of the the black sheep gets absorbs this power that he ends up using in a negative way to try and kill people and try to be able to make himself basically the a, a god and it's how his group of friends are trying to bring him back down to normal and bring him back down to earth. This is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. It is streaming on Hulu. Akira is extremely sweet. It is an A plus everything about it works. And in my opinion, this is the best hand-drawn animated movie that has ever existed. Change my mind. All right. TC, what'd you think? I remember I watched this for the first time a year ago, give or take. Several months, something like that. Something yeah, like that, that sounds about right. I was trying to remember if you had watched it. Yeah. I remember you um, watched it. Akira is much, much, much better than Evangelion. <laughs> Every, <laughs> that's that's everyone very knows true. my anime standpoint. I love Naruto. I love Dragon Ball Z. And your name is great. I still need to get to Spirited Away, but Akira being released in 1988. Uh, this movie is weird. It is different, but I think the action sequences are great. The iconic bike. I mean, it's been used in ready player one, dude, the bike, just the poster, the poster in the and poster of itself is money is a top it, 10 I, poster, you know, maybe not top 10, but top 20 for me. I see where you're getting at. So this movie is definitely sour because it's anime. It's a little bit different. There's some pretty violent scenes. It gets pretty gory. However, it's a lot of body it horror. Is, in it, it is. Yeah. So I'm going to give Akira, I'm going to give it a B, sour. I thought some of the sequences, like you said, were cool. I like kind of like the ragtag uh, gang joining together, trying to save their friend who's obviously goes nuts with the experiment and getting basically abducted, yeah. abducted and whatnot. So, yeah, it was a different different watch, but again, much, much better than Evangelion. It kind of, and, and had that Ghost I in the wa- Shell type vibe. Yeah, I think another thing that really makes the movie work is the score. It's got a mix of, like, traditional Japanese instrumentals with, like, the woods, with, like, the wood instruments and the strings, and also, like, an 80s synth mm-hmm. infused to make an awesome score. That's a, again one of my favorite scores that I love, love listening a good to. Synth. So kidding me? Oh, are you kidding? Oh, Even love, now, throw throw that in. That's what. That's basically what freaking oh, yeah. Stranger Things strives I, on. I love jamming to this synth, synth wave at night. Okay, so that is Akira, <laughs> and where would that be on your top ten? Is that like number seven? 
That's it's like number wow. ten. Yeah, it's that and your name are so close for me. But I think I they're about okay. right there, tied okay. for number ten. All right. Yep. So okay. the next one that we have here is I, I'm ready to talk about this. I have some I have some things I liked about this film. I had some things I didn't like about this film. This is Before Sunset, which is the sequel to Before Sunrise, and essentially. <laughs> Which I didn't realize until halfway through the freaking movie. Yeah. So basically what happens is Before Sunrise is about uh, two people that meet on a train, I believe. And they spend the day together yeah. in Italy or where is it? Oh, gosh, I don't I don't remember. Well, because that's yeah, from in Before Vienna. Sunrise. They spend the day in Vienna. It. This is Before Sunrise, that, that, which we'll okay. get to. This is also in the IMDb. Yes. But Before Sunset is a sequel to Before Sunrise. And um, this guy goes on a book tour named Jesse. He writes a book and Celine, the girl that he had that day with shows up to the bookstore after I think nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Um, This is directed by Richard Linklater. Linklater. Did I pronounce that right? Geeks. Yep. And it was, you you probably recognize him from the school of rock because he directed the school of rock as well. God bless him. Sheesh. Two very oh, different movies. Polar opposites. School of Rock is an all-time great. But anyways, before before oh, Sunset, yeah. it's a very short watch. It's an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, this could almost be like a Netflix series. Felt like I watched like a Netflix episode. Um, this movie's different because it, it, all, all it had was really two people in the, whole f- in the whole film, the whole time. It was just two people. It was just dialogue. It was just story. Stories is building off of, you know, the previous time that they met. I liked the dialogue. Um, this movie's rated R. It should be rated PG-13. I think they t- they said three F-words. And they obviously talk about intimacy Maybe. a little bit. So, um, I didn't like the ending, though. <laughs> which which we'll get to. But, uh, what, do, what, do, Keeks, what are your thoughts? I actually really like the ending. I think the whole movie, it just feels like such a... Uh, Oh, gosh, just such an organic conversation between two people who are just catching up in life. You know, it's like, for example, if you and me hadn't seen each other for nine years, we'll just say that. And we were to come back and just talk. This is exactly how it'd be. Just like shooting the breeze. Obviously, we haven't been intimate together, but, we, you know, emotionally sure. we have, you could say, <laughs> almost. <laughs> well, well, sure. <laughs> and you get that feeling that it's like, oh, two people are coming back. And then you get a feel of what their lives have been like since they've met each other and you get this kind of feeling of what if between the two of them. And I think that that feeling of what if is really well portrayed throughout the beginning until the very end of the movie when they finally, you know, get to this point where they both have made a decision throughout the conversation of, at least from what I could understand is let's see where this goes. And I know you didn't like it, but I actually really liked it. I kind of really liked the ending. Yeah. I just, I wanted more, I was kind of, I almost just wanted more closure to the ending and it just like cut off abruptly. And I was like, Oh, hello. That was it. Yeah. Which, which I can understand yeah. some people liking, I, but I wanted just like more closure, like, Hey, and there is a sequel before midnight. So maybe I will like the ending more before sunset <laughs> sunset. <laughs> if I watch the sequel, the trilogy before midnight, the third one and the entry, this movie was nominated for best wow. screenplay. No, I thought I, th- I think all of them. Ex- I think all of them have been nominated for yeah, best screenplay. And like you said, like I really like the dialogue, the conversation. Like it felt like an organic dialogue between two people that haven't seen each other for nine years, who had like a very very special day together, and basically that fell, yeah. fell in love at first sight. So I'm going to give it B minus. It's sweet. Okay. I just, I just didn't care. Okay. I, I, I didn't give care it a for B. the ending and. Um, in the beginning when she just shows up in the bookstore, like so abruptly, it's just like, Oh, hi. You know what I mean? But then again, she, she was kind of yeah. scoping him out. He knew he was going to be there, which she mentions in the film. So <laughs> you, at the beginning of the movie, there are like flashbacks to before sunrise to kind of like fill yeah. in the blanks. And I'm thinking, wow, they got like, like Ethan Hawke looks really good. Like, how do they, how are they able to de-age, you know, the makeup looks really good for those scenes to, like, flashback when they met to, like, now, he looks so much older now, and then I realize, oh, it's because literally he's nine years older now than when he was in Before Sunrise, and 
I think it works pretty well. I do agree with what you said. Um, some that that beginning is very oh okay cool, but then it like yeah, like you said, it, at the end it all resolves itself of oh they've both clearly been thinking yeah. of each other since that day, and to, we'll watch before sunrise, which I think is like one ninety something. It's coming up in the next mm-hmm. few months, so I'm excited. Kind yeah, of, that's that's before be- sunset. Um, next one we've got. On the list for the IMDb 250 is 233 White Heat. Came out in 1949 starring James Cagney. And I'm going to keep it a buck here. Don't like this movie. (laughs) I did not see anything really that interesting about it. I had... uh, It's... In 1949, like I said, it's directed by Raoul Walsh. I understand that James Cagney, he plays like this gang leader who ends up going to jail because he gets caught, obviously. And then the police send in kind of a mole to be with James Cagney to help break him out of prison and help really put him away in prison for good. And it's just for me, since 1949, the movie's been done better and bigger since. I I have no reason for anyone to go out and pay to watch this movie because it's really just fine. It's uh, it's not bad. It's not good. I think a lot of people really hold this movie in high regard, but it's I didn't find anything special about it. I give it a C and I think it's probably spoiled. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. A little little heist movie that just didn't land very well. And yeah, it. The the beginning heist is kind of cool because they like rob a train and you can get the feeling it like really sets up Jane Cat James Cagney's character of Cody as like a you know he's a he's a pretty ruthless guy but apart from that he's got a wife and his mom is a little controlling and he gets headaches but other than that there wasn't a really a whole lot more yeah, that I enjoyed I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a sour I'll give I'll give it a C okay. plus. So I do like the title, White Heat. I think that's a great title. It it is a cool title. I was looking at some other like movie lists. But yeah, I I agree with you. It's a little obviously 1949. It's dated and acquired taste for those older movies. But, you know, that's what got the ball rolling for all these other movies. So deal with it. That's a good point. That's good. I'll give it that. It's kind of like the OG of these and the best of like back in that time when all those mobster kind of flicks and TV shows were a thing is probably the best of its kind from that time period. But I mean, I'm a throw on good fellas. I'm a throw on like freaking even the Irishman now. <laughs> like there are just other movies that I'd rather watch and enjoy. And I will more than the yep, white heat. Exactly. Uh, and then we'll, we'll be talking about another movie that came out around that time here soon. But moving yes. on, this is honestly one of my all time faves. It's not in my top 10. But this is a movie that I really enjoy. I remember watching as a kid numerous times with my sister, uh, just family gatherings and whatnot. And that is The Princess Bride. Yes, this movie is way too low on the way too high on the or low, yeah. I guess. Yeah. On the list. Way too low. low. This should be higher. Yes. Like this is a this is a classic. This is a movie that anybody can watch. Family, old, young, whatever. And essentially Everyone has seen this. I think most people have seen The Princess Bride. But if not, here's a summary. While the grandson is sick, his grandfather tells him the story about The Princess Bride and just kind of this farm guy who comes on to save... Who, who's the girl? Is she like a princess? This girl he falls in love with? Yeah. Gets captured. Yeah. And he just kind of... It's his story of going through obstacles and basically getting the girl safe and you know kind of like a damsel in distress type thing anyways um anything else you want to chime in geeks no well i mean it's directed by robert by rob reiner who had a really great track record has a really great track record of directing he also plays jess's dad in new girl which Mm. i didn't know until yesterday when i googled the director of the princess bride saw his face and was like oh hey um, I don't know what a lot of people would think of me saying that <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of when I heard of the name Rob Reiner is, oh, that's just his dad, just his dad's from New Girl. But what really works well about The Princess Bride is the length, the script, the cast all works so well. You no, know, Andre the Giant, 
Um, I love Wallace Shawn in this role as well. And you've got all sorts of famous lines from the movie. What I do not enjoy about the movie, and it has nothing to do with the movie, is the fans and the people of the Princess Bride who parade around acting like it's the best thing that's ever existed. The movie is good. Don't get me wrong. But it is not the best thing ever made. It's not. This is kind of... But the fans are what drive me crazy. This is like an, this is a very nostalgic movie for those people that kind of hang on to that thread of like, oh, it's it's amazing, which it's good. But I agree with you. It's not. It should Princess Bride should not be on this pedestal of like it's the best movie of all time because it's not. But it's a very cute, endearing movie and has a good story behind it. And I mean, based on the book, the screenplay is phenomenal. So I. Yeah, it's the screenplay is by the same guy that wrote the yeah. book too. So I think that's why the movie feels so, so well very organic. Yeah, William Goldman. So I am going to give The Princess Bride. I'm going to give it an A minus, and I'm going to give it a sweet okay. grading, of course. Yes, I agree. It is an A minus for me as well. It's very sweet. There's not there are not many complaints that I have about it. It's just the fans. If you like the movie, that's fine. Don't try and tell me it's the best movie ever made because it's not. Then that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I have left to say. Um, I think we're running into this is it. Number two thirty one, which is a movie that came out in the exact same time as The White Heat, and for me is leagues and miles better and is totally different, but I loved a hundred times more. It is called The Red Shoes. The Red Shoes is directed by William Powell and Emmerich. Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name. I don't think Emmerich Pressburger. That's it. And it's the story of an aspiring ballerina who's kind of named Vicky page. Who's torn between her mentor. Who's been helping her become the greatest dancer that she wants to become. And also her newly found lover who has written the ballet that she performs that helps her become the best dancer um, that she can be. And so it's kind of the story of an artist trying to struggle between two mediums, between love and between their dreams and trying to see where they want to go and who they want to follow. And I loved it. I thought the choreography was amazing. This movie, 1949, the color, oh, the color looks in this movie is crazy. The color looks great. I agree. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, wow, this came out the exact same time as the white heat. And it seems a hundred times better. Not even necessarily because it's in color, but that does help the cinematography pop. You know, they've got settings in Monaco. They've got settings in France and in England. And it just feels so, it feels like you're traveling with these people and it feels so real. The sets look great. And the sequence where she dances the ballet, the red shoes holds up and looks amazing even today. And I loved it. You know, what do you think? It was kind of a sad movie too. Yeah, I, it really was. I was it's, not ex- it's, it was I a was bummer. I was not expecting it to kind of be like, holy crap. Uh, they're obviously towards the end. Uh, no, I agree. Like it, it visually looked really good. I'm going to give this film a B. I think it's sweet because I haven't seen Black Swan, but is it similar to Black Swan? Does it, does it have no, little similarities? A, not okay. really. Not a lot of not parallels. Really. Um, what I think is interesting about, I mean, you could probably take some parallels between like she's getting. I actually wouldn't say no. There, there isn't really. There's, there's not too much to me similarities. It, it's they're both ballet. Yeah, okay. There's, there, there's, so there's, there's, there's a similar. There's, you know, and they're kind of overtaken by the performance that they're giving in the ballet. So that works because like. The movie in itself is like the movie is like in a play in a ballet of the movie. So like there's a lot of layers to the red shoes. And so you're watching Mm -hmm. the as you watch her perform the ballet, it kind of plays out the entire third act of the movie in a very interesting way. And I liked that how even the sense of the overarching narrative is stuffed into the play, which then plays out in the third act. And it was really well. It's great. It's really well directed. The editing is great for 1949. Yeah. And some good symbolism with the the red shoes, how that ties in together. So yeah. Did you you give it a grade? Yeah, I give it an A minus. I think the movie is sweet. It is, it, it, it's been one of those that's really caught me by surprise and 
was really fun to watch and I'm glad it's it's been this has been the best part about doing these top IMDb 250s you find these movies that you would never watch like if I was told you can watch The White Heat a movie about a gangster who gets put in a jail and has a mole become his best friend who will then rat him out compared to a movie about a girl who's a ballet dancer who is trying to pick between wanting to stay a dancer and following her heart uh, yeah probably not going to pick the ballet dancer one most likely but- but here you are. Different. But you're, cho- you're but choosing here it. I, am. I love that. And I'm, I'm, I'm breaking I'm, I'm my barriers down. That's, that's the fun part about this IMDb. Yeah. You're able to see different films that you wouldn't have expected that you would liked. And so God bless you. IMDb. Um, are we ready to rank? Oh, rank. Yeah. We're going from 250 to 231. We're going to go real quick, starting at the lowest spot at 250, all the way down to 231. TC. All right. I'll do 10 and then you do 10. Let's do that. Okay. Perfect. Uh, you, you guys Perfect. know Neon Genesis. That is the bottom of the barrel. Yeesh. Maybe not so much for me, uh, but yeah, I get, for me it is. I get it. Yep. Uh, not everyone's then followed up by Legend of 1900, Winter Sleep. We have White Heat, then Gangs of Wasapur, Cholet, The Red Shoes. Actually, no, sorry. Swap The Red Shoes with Before Sunset. Before Sunset, then The Red Shoes, In the Mood for Love. And then Throne of Blood. Those are the 10. 250 to 241. This is mine. The Legend of 1900. Winter Sleep. Gangs of Wasapur. The White Heat. Cholet. Throne of Blood. In the Mood for Love. Before Sunset. The Help. And End of Evangelion. At number wow. 241 240 to 231 we got, TC, what you got? and then next we have the help after that akira followed up by battle of algiers that was a fun watch interesting watch uh mm-hmm. next one aladdin guardians of the galaxy the princess bride three more butch cassidy and the sundance kid then infernal affairs Oh, and lastly, wow. of course, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Knew it. That's it. But I, I can't argue with you with that 10 through one. My my 240 to 231 is Lagan, The Red Shoes, Princess Bride, Aladdin, The Battle of Algiers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Infernal Affairs, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Terminator, and Akira. Wow. To round that to round that out, baby. We've got 10 more, and how we pick it is the next 10 is because the numbers shuffle so much between basically each day. We take the first of the month, 230 to 221. Those are the movies that we'll review for this month. We'll let you guys know a few days in advance before we review them. Can I tell what it's going to be? Is that all right? I have it it right in front of me. Oh, I would stop that. Please do it. For 230, we have It Happened One Night, released 1934. And then 229, Lahine, 228, Monsters, Inc., 227, Rocky, Ooh. 226, The Handmaiden, nice. wow. 225, nice. 225, Rebecca, 1940, 224, Spotlight, still have not seen that one. Oh, I haven't either. Uh, 223, Hotel Rwanda, our Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Don't cheat. Two twenty-two, Amores Peros, and then two twenty-one, the four hundred blows. Mm-hmm. Wow! Anything that stands out to you there? Anything that's got uh, your spotlight? Eye? I mean, I've been meaning to get to spotlight. It came out in twenty fifteen. Um, geez, this was the best picture winner. So, yeah, that's looking, true. Looking forward to spotlight, and obviously, obviously. Rewatching Rocky. Well, um, I don't know. I don't need to hand- watch Rocky. I watched it like three years ago, but I love Rocky. I'm excited to talk about Rocky as well. Yes, actually, I'm super hyped to watch The Handmaiden because it's um, there's been a big trend, obviously, in uh, Korean movies. This is a Korean movie. I believe it's a it's directed by yeah Chan Wook Park, who directed. I don't want to put. I don't want to get this wrong. He directed Old Boy. Okay, that's what I thought. The Korean version of Old Boy, the only good one. And I've heard really great things about The Handmaiden. I've been trying to get more into Korean movies and just like more foreign movies. So I'm excited about this one. Heard great mm. things. Okay, love that. Perfect. That's perfect. So 
What what do we got on the slate for the next take? On, take seventy four. On the slate, we'll give you guys a little little sneak peek. We will be watching the way back, which I'm excited for. Some people think is going to be terrible. Onward <laughs> and onward, um, and then saving the best for last, guys. We are going to be collabing with our dear friend Maddie Murphy, the Bad Broadcast. It's coming. We're so excited. We can't wait to get you guys involved. We cannot wait to cross over into her life and get her into the sweet film talk, getting her opinions on some sweet, sour, yes. and spoiled stuff. We're going to have some fun segments. And it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm too. Uh, I actually saw The Invisible Man this week, so I'll probably talk okay, a little bit about definitely. that. It is sweet. It's actually really good. So if you guys want to go catch that too, okay. I recommend it. Um yeah, so that is for take seventy four. Yep, and this was take seventy three. I am to be two fifty, two forty to two thirty one. It is your boy, and sweet. It, it is your other boy. <laughs> DC, <laughs> the other, just as sweet, sweet boy. DC. You know, um, but anyways, guys, stay sweet. Love Enjoy that. y'all's week, and we will see you. Hopefully, obviously, we will um, for take. We take 74 of the bad broadcast but enjoy this and have Love a that. great great week enjoy your monday and stay sweet sweet, sweet.